0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Eagle Naz Church Podcast. My name is Trevor, and I'm one of the pastors here at Eagle Naz. We hope that the next 30 minutes helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus, and that you will see how God wants to move in your life. Thanks for listening. I was 1959, I, I knew this lady, she's gone now, but she was headed to Mexico, uh, expecting in a couple of months, so... They thought it would be a good idea to pack the car with kids and head to the south where it was a little bit warmer. Uh, When they were in Mexico, they had no idea that she was about to give birth. And when the water broke, that was pretty scary. They didn't have ultrasound and all the benefits that we have. Ultrasound was almost brand new. So they uh, had a decision to make, are we going to head North, or are we going to stay here in Mexico and take our chances? <clears throat> the survival rate was going to be very difficult if a baby was born two months premature in 1959. So they, they headed north and drove all night, switched drivers. The, the bigger the mess, the better, better the story, right? And so they kept moving and kept driving, and she didn't give birth until she got home. The first baby... Yeah, that's right, first baby. She had no idea that she was going to give birth to twins. Ever times when you think that the devil's in the details, but God's forgotten completely? Well, that can happen. That must be what my mom thought when she gave birth to me at 2.12 and my brother Tom at 2 pounds, 10 ounces. They fed us goat's milk because we couldn't survive. Somehow it wasn't working Go goat's milk. <laughs> and we were in an incubator for a month, and it was a very long time before my mom began, began to see the miracle in the mess. Ever felt a bit like that, that life was messy, and you didn't understand why the things were going on that were happening or are happening? We've been in this series learning that, that God is working in the waiting. In fact, sometimes he does his very best work. Sometimes the waiting doesn't have to be a waste of time at all. And today we get to learn that part of waiting well means making room for God to move in the margins of our lives. You know the margins, those little spaces on the side of the page where you write your notes, uh, where where everything in life gets pushed to the side but there's a little bit and then even the margins become full. Margins, the the hectic moments, the difficult places in which we find ourselves. We're going to learn today that God does some of His best work in those places. Uh, Let's uh, take out the Scripture today. I invite you to stand with me, and uh, we're going to be looking at Luke's Gospel, who wanted to write an accurate report of what was going on in those days, starting with Luke chapter 2 and and verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. You know what registering means? It it means taxation is coming. Don't you think that would have been a joyful announcement at the time? (laughs) Uh, This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea Uh, census time, tax time, uh, by the way, a uh, census was a little bit different kind of thing then. Everybody went to their hometown to make sure that the census was accurate. How many of you people were born in Eagle, Idaho? Would you just lift a hand? Oh, there's one. <laughs> okay, maybe five. It was quite a stir then, and it would be a quite a stir now. Everybody had to go to their hometown. Uh, It was a little bit difficult in those days because now we have uh, Mary who's engaged, uh, but she's not yet married, but she's pregnant. She's expecting and people are noticing and there's glances and stares and it's been quite a season. It's now been a little over eight months of dealing with people's judgment and their glares and their stares and the way they think about her situation. But now they're headed off with financial pressure and she's pregnant, about to deliver, and she gets to ride a donkey for several days. Anybody had a baby before? Guys, you, you don't have to relate to this. How would you like that? And, and now she's not only got the financial pressure and the difficulty with uh, what the neighbors thought, uh, and now she's riding a donkey, but, but they had to uh, get accommodations. And uh, I'm sure Joseph is thinking, God ma- always makes a way, right? I mean, I mean when, when he wants them to go through the ocean, he just parts the water. When he wants to bring his presence, he burns a bush. When he wants to make an announcement that the world has gone a little too far, he can build a boat or he can just bring down fire. God, you can do anything how about a reservation at the Hilton? <laughs> but it's not going to be like that. I, I don't know. Uh, you may look at the story and see a, uh, Mary with a halo and everything's beautiful. But I think Mary might have gotten just a little bit frustrated at this point. I think she might be uh, tempted to for- forget that God is in the, the middle of the messy things of life and what they bring. Can you relate at all? Add a little bit of normal, uh, add to that, then uh, the normal pressure of bills and relationships and stuff. And then let's add taxes. Nobody was smiling. (laughs) And let's add uh, travel. And let's add relatives. And let's add um, unexpected events. And somehow, they can't even get a room at the end. The scripture says this was their firstborn child. How how many of you are firstborns? You are so lucky. Your parents treated you so differently than the rest. I I remember this when uh, the pacifier came out. We boiled it. The second time, we rinsed it on the faucet. The third time, we went like this. And the fourth time, we didn't bother. It was the five second rule. We only have three kids, but that's how it is. I grew up in a family with 13 children. Yeah, what? My mother mother was a saint. (laughs) And so it's tempting to think that maybe God isn't working in the margins, in the mess. But uh, the Scripture tells us uh, that this happened because. It's a a strong word in in verse 7, because. Because. That, that it was that it was planned, that it was because there was no room in the end, do we think for a moment that God who parts the waters, God who speaks the world into existence, that the God who has amazing attention to detail? I mean scripture all the time says it was not yet his time that that, that the, the scriptures might be filled, filled that, that it was the time for such a time as this it, there's no doubt that hundreds of years before God had talked about the fact that this birth would be taking. Do we think he just forgot the details, that he didn't remember the moment, that he just forgot to get them a hotel key? No, it's it's because there's no room in the inn that the rest of the story is going to unfold that proves to us that God is working, that he is moving in the margins of our lives. That might give us pause right now to look at our situation and say, is there anything that doesn't seem quite perfect right now? Anything that's not looking like you might have had it look. I I had a friend uh, write me a note recently, and and he said, Tim, I didn't like this sickness when it came. I didn't expect it. I didn't want it to happen. It's been annoying and expensive and troublesome. And I asked God at first to just take it away because I didn't understand it. And and he said, and and I'd still kind of like God to take it away quickly But he said, here's the thing, I am becoming, no, he said, I think I have become a completely different person because of the way God is working while I'm waiting. And then, then he said this, he said, in fact, I wouldn't change this happening if I could. Uh, Mary um, is looking at this situation, no doubt, a little bit frustrated. It's not what she thought. Uh, But when we go into verse 8, as we continue the passage, uh, we, we hear about something else going on in another area that says, In the same regions there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. That's a good word, isn't it? No need for fear here today. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that would be for all the people. Who's it for? All the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. This will be a sign. This will be God's megaphone, this will be heaven's billboard, this will be the grand announcement, this will be a sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Whoa. What, God? Heaven? The curtains pull back from heavens, and for a moment, there's not just one angel who creates fear in their heart. There's multitudes upon multitudes, thousands upon thousands of heaven's army singing praises to God and announcing the grand signpost of what God wants to tell us, that a Savior has come. And he said, here's how you're going to know that it happened. You'll find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth that normal babies wouldn't be wrapped in, and that child will be laying in a sheep feeder. Mary's about to discover that God is moving in the margins of her life. She's about to discover that, in fact, God is doing some of the greatest work the world has known in the mess of her situation. What if God is doing some of his best work in our messy margin situations? Let's unpack the passage a little bit. It's first century. Julius Caesar has passed away, but before he died, his son was ready to declare to the world, and soon after his death, he did declare that this man was divine in his origin, and they called him the savior of the world because in that section of the world, they cared about the fact that there would be economic security if a king came to power, and so he was known as Savior and Son of God. And this child that was born, he was born in the the city of peace called Bethlehem, and and he was it was also known as the city of David, the king, the great king of Israel. That was probably all just by accident, don't you think? <laughs> uh, and then as we unpack the the narrative a little bit more, we find out that the, the king would be placed in a sheep feeder, that, that he, the savior, the, the one who gives peace, the king would be the, the feeder of the sheep. Mary had been uh, probably not planning for the pregnancy. You guys don't plan for pregnancy, do you, for, for delivery of the baby? No nursery, no painting, no buying stuff, right? Grandparents? You, come on, you have a truckload of stuff before the kid ever is born, right? Uh, Mary's gone to the house of Elizabeth where she spent about half of her pregnancy. We don't know for sure, but, but we do know this for sure, that her husband was a priest named Zachariah. And Mary was a very poor girl, uh, so poor that when it came to the church offering, they only gave a couple doves at the consecration of Jesus Uh, my hunch is this that Elizabeth gave her all of the pregnancy stuff that she had the swaddling clothes and she took them with her they were priest linens and by the way just by coincidence probably in the fields of Bethlehem they were shepherds that tended the sacrificial lambs the sacrificial lambs would have been protected because they had to be ready for sacrifice and they would be wrapped with swaddling clothes. So now we have a savior, a king, in the city of kings who's laying in a manger, a sheep feeder that would feed sheep who's wrapped in protective garments that were priestly garments that would protect the perfect sacrifice. And Mary gets the word. I want you to understand something, Mary. This is the king of the universe. This is the savior of the world. Maybe you didn't think in some of those moments, I mean, you did a while back when I came to you, but this was nearly a year later. Maybe you thought that I've forgotten you. Maybe you thought the devil was in the details, but I'm not. Guess what, Mary, I'm working in the margins. I'm in the messy places. Otherwise, all the messy places and all the waiting moments are a big colossal waste of time, and it only matters when the big stuff happens. But I have this hunch. Scripture teaches me, and I think it teaches us, that God is working in the margins. He's moving in the margins. And, and part of waiting well does, in fact, mean uh, that, that we are making room for God to move in the margins of our lives. Amen? What does, making, what does making a place for God to move look like? Mary didn't have control over the fact that God came to her when he did. She did utter that statement of obedience, may it be to me as you have said. Uh, but but the, she, didn't, she didn't have control in the taxes, and the donkey that they chose, and the journey that they took, or the timing of the pregnancy. A whole lot of Mary's situation was completely out of her control. And, and we'll talk about how she responds in a moment. Uh, because there are a couple things that she has control of. Uh, She has control over her attitude and and how she decides to look at the situation she's in, how she frames the situation. There are also things that we, if we're honest, we do have control over. I think in our society, we numb ourselves by running faster into the darkness. Did you know that the, the research is telling us that before we get up in the morning, 95% of all of us have parked our phone by our bedside. Is that, any? am I right about that? How many of you park your phone by your bedside at night? Okay, it's true. And and that then before we get out of bed, we've already looked at our phone, we're we're already considering the tweets and checking out the texts and looking at social media. Uh, And sometimes we even numb the pain in our lives running faster by shopping more, by looking at other media that's not that healthy, by um, just moving more quickly when the margins are already full. Uh, So here's a challenge. How about putting your phone to bed before you do? Taking a holiday from technology for certain parts of our our day. And, and here's a challenge. When you get up in the morning for the rest of the Christmas season, just say, God, I'll use my, my phone. I'll use this beautiful instrument for my Spotify worship music in, my, in the morning devotions, and I'll let it be my alarm clock. But I won't listen or look to it before I've looked to you. I'll park my phone. I'll put it to bed before me. Anybody willing to take the challenge? I have a hunch that if we slow down our lives, we will gain a significant sighting of the Savior. There's another thing that Mary did that I think all of us can do. There's the part that we have control about, and there's the part that we don't have control over. In the part that she didn't have control over, she controlled her attitude toward the situation. The Scripture tells us in verses 15 through 19—I'm just going to jump to the verse 19 because it gives you the understanding— Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She pondered and she treasured. It's uh, to ponder. The the word means to gather up all the stuff, all the incidents. It's the the whole idea. It's this picture of like making a batch of cookies and putting all the stuff in. She starts to see... As the the moments pass, she starts to understand that God was doing something all along. Just like my mom discovered that God could be working in a really difficult situation. After all, she got me out of this. (laughs) Pondering, to collect, to think about, and then to treasure. To treasure means to give value to, to be thankful for. I think Mary actually thank God for the taxes. I saw a couple of you look funny when I said that. If it weren't for the taxes, if it weren't for the census, there would have been no push to go to the city of David. If there were no going to the city of David, there would have been no answering of the centuries old prophecy that the baby would be born in Bethlehem. And, and I think she thanked God for the whole thing. Amen. Thank you God for the financial pressure. Thank you, God, for the difficult ride. Isn't it true that the story gets bigger every year after it's told the first time? How many have heard stories about the Great Depression from your grandparents and your great-grandparents? Don't they get bigger? Isn't it true that they walk up sti- uphill in the snow both directions going to and from school, and then the next year they're going barefoot, and, and the next year they hardly had any clothes at all? That's... Because the story gets better the more difficult it was. Mary treasured. Here's the question. What might we begin to look at in our lives and say, God, how are you working in the mess? How How are you managing the margins? God, I want to thank you in advance. Because you're a good God and you're an amazing Savior. And if you can work that way in the first Christmas, you can work that way in this. God, I give you my messy moments and I allow you to move in the margins of my life. Amen. Amen. Whatever you would like to do, however you would like to do it, God, I trust you because the one who works from the beginning to the end and brings the Savior of the world can be my Savior, can touch my world, can move in my moment. May God do that for us today as we, like Mary, treasure and ponder Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for the way You work in unexpected ways. As the children taught us, You do things way beyond what we think they could be done. And today we give You praise and thanks. And Father, sometimes we doubt, sometimes we wonder, and then we... Stand in awe and praise at what you've done. For any who don't know you today, Father, we invite them to pray with our team in the prayer room and invite you in to their journey. And we just give you praise in Christ's name. And everyone together said,